And this is Sermon Mission Sunday, number 43. Meditations intended to equip the church militant for spiritual warfare. And I am the warrior priest, Donovan Riley. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus tells his disciples that from now on, they can speak directly to God. They don't need a Moses to pray for them anymore. They don't need anyone to carry messages back and forth from them to God and God back to them. The way now is free and clear. Speak to your Heavenly Father. He listens and He will answer you. And what do the disciples do with this new information? Speak to your Heavenly Father. He listens. He will answer you. They come to Jesus and declare, Jesus, we don't know how to pray. Teach us how to pray. So Jesus teaches the disciples how to pray. And therefore, he is teaching you how to pray. But isn't that strange? It's strange that we creatures know all sorts of things, but we have no idea how to pray. So the disciples, even the disciples came to Jesus and said, teach us how to pray. We have no idea how to do this. And Jesus, Jesus is more than happy to supply what we do not know and understand. And he clearly understands that we do not know what we are talking about in prayer. So the first thing, the first thing that you should notice is that when Jesus prays, he prays long prayers. He prays for a long time. So you better settle in and you better get ready. In fact, in almost all of his prayers, the disciples fall asleep. Remember when Jesus prays in the Gethsemane Garden, You know what happened to the disciples in the garden. So pay attention. And when you are paying attention, you have to listen. You have to listen to all of these nouns and pronouns and all of these determiners. I and thou and you and me and how all of these come together in one. Jesus knows that you do not know how to pray as you ought to. So he teaches you how to pray. And how all of these determiners come together in one, in him. So pay attention. And not only do you have Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane, but for example, you have the dinner prayer that some of you pray. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. That comes, by the way, from the book of Revelation, chapter 22. Three times Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. And at the end of it, finally, you learn how to pray to him. Come, Lord Jesus. Three simple words that sum up everything that needs to be said. Everything that needs to be prayed for. Come, Lord Jesus. So you better get ready. Because whenever you pray that prayer, come, Lord Jesus, Jesus might just show up. Therefore, it would be smarter for you to pray that prayer after you've eaten. Because you don't want to go into heaven with an empty stomach. And, again, Jesus might arrive, so get ready. Further, Jesus says, I know you don't know how to pray, because you don't know the name of God until someone gives it to you. My Lord, Lord have mercy. You don't know how to pray because you don't know the name of God until someone gives it to you. And that is why the world does not know the name of God. 
because no one has given it to them. God has not sent them a preacher that they have not murdered, and therefore they do not know the name of God. They have not received the name of God. They don't know whom to thank when something good happens, and they don't know whom to go to in times of trial and tribulation. So Jesus ended his prayer in John chapter 16 with these words, in the world you have tribulation. And again, Lord have mercy. We hear about the shootings and the fields that are flooded and will be flooded and won't be planted in this particular year. And of course, now there's monkeypox or shingles, as it used to be called. Mothers unable to produce milk who cannot purchase baby formula. Gas and diesel prices that seem to go up in price by the day. And always, always, there is the drumbeat of war, which never stops because there is so much money to be made from guns and bombs and greed and misery. And to all of this, Jesus says, in these times, you have to know the name of God. So you know to whom you are speaking and to whom you call. Furthermore, Jesus says, but while the world is full of tribulation, be of good cheer. How do you like that? All of these things are happening right now. And Jesus says, be, be of good cheer. Have courage. That's the new translation if you prefer that. The world is full of tribulation, but have courage. Have courage in the middle of this tribulation because in the middle of this tribulation, you are given something that the rest of the world does not have. You are given God's word. And the word is what connects the Father and the Son. Connects. Connects. No, that's far too small a word. Combines them. Unites them. Jesus says, I and the Father are one. We are united. We are one. And the whole world wants to know how to come together and be one. The whole world wants to unite. The whole world has ideas about how to unite. But none of them work. None of them work. Because as Jesus himself says, I will tell you what unites. It is to know the name of the Lord. And you will not know it until I have given it to you. So the Father gives me the name. And I turn around and give the name to the Father. But the world does not know the name because I have not given it to them. This is the Father and the Son. This is the way the Father loves the Son, so that the Son knows to whom he is preaching and to whom he is speaking and praying. And so when he turns around, he prays to my Father. Now listen, pay attention. Jesus is going to give you something now. He says, as I pray to my Father... I am now turning to you people and giving you this same name so that when you kneel down to pray, you begin this way. You say, Our Father, who art in heaven. And that is not your earthly father. This is not a metaphor for fatherhood. This is my father who has spoken a particular word in a particular place at a particular time to a particular people. And Jesus then uses the name very specifically, O righteous father, the one who is right. But the world does not know how he is right. The world does not know how the Father is righteous. The world knows nothing about the righteousness of the Father, which is entirely different than any righteousness you know. And so Jesus says, not only the righteous Father, but he turns to his Father and says, the hour has come. 
The hour has come, glorify me, and you will be glorified in me. But what does the world know about glory? The world only knows about trophies and awards in glory. They do not understand the glory between the Father and the Son. Jesus gets no trophy. Jesus gets no reward. I have been living my life with the hope that someone somewhere will give me a reward. And I'm still waiting. I thought, maybe, the Norwegians would give me a Nobel Prize. But, turns out that's not coming. More recently, I was hoping the New York Times would make my book a bestseller, put it on the bestseller list. That doesn't seem to be working either. All of these are the ways the world seeks glory. And the glory is always, give me my reward. I want a trophy. Hang a medal around my neck. Recognize me. So when Jesus now speaks to his father, he knows something. The father is not going to give him a trophy for showing up. The father is not going to give him a trophy for fulfilling the whole law. The father is going to give him faithful, loving kindness. He's going to give him mercy in the midst of tribulation. And what? What do you suppose is the tribulation that Jesus is facing in the hour when he prays in Gethsemane's garden? The tribulation that the world does not know. Because Jesus Christ himself and alone has found the way to take your sin upon himself and take it to the cross once and for all. It was Martin Luther who said, Jesus keeps saying, you cannot follow me where I am going. Okay, where are you going, Jesus? To the cross. When I go to the cross, you cannot do this, but I go for you. And when I do so, I now turn around and I tell you the name above all names, the name the rest of the world does not know, the name that you are to use on the last great getting up day when the trumpet sounds and you awaken from your sleep. And as the Apostle Paul quoted from the prophet Joel, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's it. That's all that is necessary to be saved from sin, death, and hell. The only thing necessary to receive forgiveness, new life, and eternal salvation, call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. So what is that name? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the name. And where did you first receive this name? Well, you received it in baptism. When you were baptized into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that means then you take this name and you use it because it is a free gift given to you to use, linked up, chained to, united with your name in baptism. So that in the midst of tribulation, you call upon the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who are not righteous by the law and award, but are righteous according to faithful loving kindness, according to mercy, which pours out of them in love and gives you the name You now say this, not only in tribulation, not only in struggle, not only in affliction, but in thanksgiving. And you use this freely because it is a gift given to you. And thus, you fulfill the second commandment against misusing God's name. And therefore, you fulfill all the other commandments. And in doing so, Jesus has now given you not only life on this earth, but life in heaven forever. So go ahead, you. Enjoy the use of this name. 
in the name of Jesus. Amen.